What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio, episode 140. And it's me, Matt Whitmore, with Keris Marsden. Stunner. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. I've seen you for a while. You haven't, actually. And this is legit. This isn't us being like, oh, you know, how are you? What have you been up to? We have actually just been apart for the last four days, haven't we? It's been bliss. I bet it has, actually, yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I don't take that personal. It's been, it's been nice to have a bit of peace and quiet. Believe it. You know, it's. I think it's healthy. Yeah, I agree. To be able to have that bit, you know, bit of time apart. And uh, what's the expression? Absence makes the heart grow fun. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's also... Did it? <laughs> yeah, it did. But I think it's nice to... <laughs> yeah, 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 it did a little bit. <laughs> no, what I was going to say was it's nice to get to that point where you want to interact. But I've had a relatively quiet weekend. You were away and I purposely didn't. Like, I don't stack it full of plans, but... I teach yoga and stuff, so I still have contact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice to, I mean, this is what we're going to talk about on the podcast today, is about relaxing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that became apparent to me, I've kind of known for a long time, it's an issue, it's just how hard it is to relax. So it is. even when you're on your own, there's this kind of, like for me, I work through this like list of things to do. And I could have kept going, but I was like, no, seriously, sit down. Whereas when you're here... You're very much like, right, we're done now. Come on, let's go and sit down yeah. and let's watch some Netflix or whatever it might be. So when you're on your own, it's almost like you have to keep yourself accountable to it. I don't think you have a problem with that, though, when you're on your own, do you? No, no, I'm... I'm. Um, <laughs> no, I'm very much relaxed when you're not here. I'm somewhat a pro <laughs> at relaxing when you're not here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think those two things are associated <laughs> with each other. Uh, oh, we're seeing a pad right here. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Connecting the dots. Um, oh, thank God she's gone. <laughs> no, but uh, but I, I genuinely I do find it easy to re- easier to relax when you're not here because it's there's only me in the equation, right? Yeah, it's I'm right, right, okay. I'm and switching. my not being able to relaxedness rubs off on you. Yeah, exactly, and and vice versa. You know, like I mean, to be fair, it is more <laughs> more often you than it is me that's like not able to switch off and yeah. still got the laptop out when I'm like, Keris, come on. But on the rare occasion that it's the other way around, I know that if I've got my phone out and I'm doing an email or whatever, it, it probably has a bigger impact on you in terms of making you feel guilty, if yeah. you like. And you're like, oh, you know, oh, I feel terrible. Matt's still working. I need to I need to carry on working. But I think you can have that personality where you are very easily triggered as well. But that, I, think it, I think your personality is someone who generally prefers to be busy and wired and you're a bit of a type a like you're always kind of thinking ahead and so you can do the relaxation stuff but i know i kind of put clauses in place like Mm. i'll do this 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 and this and then i will relax and i just cannot relax until that's done and then i'll be triggered because i'm like ready to get going again and one thing that i did notice on two occasions at the weekend i went to the library which i absolutely love and i was thinking about this how many books do you buy on amazon that you never read or gosh let's count I think, like, it's so easy now, isn't it? And I was just thinking, like, when I mentioned I was going to the library, a friend was like, you're going to the library? Like, (laughs) who goes to the library? And I said, I do, for two reasons. It's one of the best places to work. But secondly, I realised I'm buying these books and then I'm not reading them. So I've started going to the library and I sit in the library and I read the first chapter of about five, maybe ten books sometimes as well. Like, just quickly read the first chapter, see if it speaks to me. And then I'll get my books out. And if I don't read them, then I take them back. But 
everyone's lost interest in libraries and don't use yeah. them anymore. But that's what we should be doing because we're buying books, not reading them, and they're sitting on the shelves. And I was going to ask the library, do you want some books? Because I've got tons. <laughs> like, And I take them to the charity shop, but maybe we should take them to the local library. How's that work, though? And then more know. bestsellers would be yeah. in the library, wouldn't they? True. I don't know where they get. I need to ask libraries because we donate some of our recipe books to libraries. So I don't know if they have to be new. But to be fair, some of the books upstairs, like I've read a chapter and gone, this is not for me at all. And and then, you know, it's usually health related. So it's really See, useful. It's but... Weirdly, if I start a book, I almost I feel an obligation to finish it. That's Weird. such a lie. I could I could I could point out about twenty books on I'd say most of them business related upstairs that you yeah. have not even opened, let alone no, finished. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. What? I haven't started them. Oh right. <laughs> so once you start it, you don't stop reading it. Yeah, if I've started one. Like I've read quite a few books now that I've are uh, pretty bad. Right. But even though I've decided they're pretty bad, like a end. quarter of the way in, I'm like, I feel like I need to see this out. Now, I don't and, have and that I attachment do it. at all. I'm like, mm. I'm more like, I've got five books on the go at the moment. Weird. And it depends on my mood. But anyway, the, the reason I was telling you about the library was also when you get in there, everyone's quite chilled. And that and energy, it's quiet. It's yeah, quiet. that energy really like slows me down. So I sat down to read my books and basically like almost fell half asleep because it was the first time that day where I'd gone, ah, and I'll yeah. read. And obviously it's like mid afternoon. So it's like you're kind of your, your slumping hour anyway. And then the was, second, you in, was you in the children's corner on a, bill, I was. On a big beanbag? How did you know? Uh, well, that's just the only way to go, right? Do you know what? You joke, but there was no chairs left because the, <laughs> how, how it comes was the kids get their big beanbags? It's well, not it was on. full. So I went in this kid's like squashy stool thing. <laughs> and then what was really nice was sometimes, we're going to talk about this today actually. You know, I would say to you, like, some noises help me really relax. Yeah. And the sound of people reading papers and newspapers and things mm-hmm. really helps me relax. So there's always people in there doing that. So there was that. I was sat on this squidgy stool in the children's <laughs> corner. So I was like... <laughs> well, what, there's a name of it though, right? Yeah. And I meant to get it on my phone very, very quickly. Oh, I might right. have to dive out and get it. But yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Because that is something that triggers me to relax. Well, it's funny because Keris used to say, like, back in the good old days, when we used to actually share a bed <laughs> uh, before before we uh, went into separate rooms... And you used to say that you found it very relaxing, like hearing me turn my page, like pages of a book when reading in bed. Yeah. And it turns out it's a bit of a thing, right? So if anyone's looking for a little sideline source of income, this could be it. Because jokingly, I, I've been like making, making a joke about it. Like, oh, you know, Keris likes listening to weird sounds to help her relax. And it is actually a thing. And a big one is the pages turning or the crinkling of paper. So I searched for it on YouTube as a joke whilst Keris was talking about this as part of her talk outfit a weekender and a load of these videos came up literally videos of people just turning pages of a magazine or a newspaper not reading them literally just there turning them filming filming themselves doing so hundreds of thousands of views people you know, there's money to be made here on, on YouTube ads. But one of them, what made me laugh, it was like um, a newspaper turning brackets, lots of crinkles. <laughs> and I was just like, this is insane. Who knew this world existed? So you laugh, but I've just found what the name of it was. I've just had a quick look. So this was in the weekend papers. It's Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Uh-huh. And it's when... You get like this automatic physical sensation 
like your nervous system, so the wiring of your body starts to respond to some kind of stimulus. And mine has always been sound. And I've always said to you, <laughs> I said this when I was lecturing the other day in the class, like wetting themselves, but I said, the newspaper turning makes a bit of sense because I used to feel when I was... Um, when we'd be sat on the sofa at night, my dad would read the paper when he got home from work. And I just associate that noise with like relaxation. So that's kind of where I was with it. (laughs) But I also noticed that when someone comes over to Hamish, if we're in a coffee shop, loads of people come over, don't they? And they like crouch down and they stroke him. Yeah. And then you see Hamish looks like he's in heaven and like you can see his eyes close and the person's in heaven because they're like, he's so cute. Yeah. That also starts to make... So the, the reaction I have is my head tingles when I hear a noise that I really like. But, but what's the noise in that scenario? There is no noise. It's so like it's I'm a, watching a it's, sensation. It's a, it's a visual. It's a visual thing. And I'm watching two people in like absolute bliss and it makes oh. my head tingle. And all the students started laughing. And I was like, surely I'm not alone here where you can watch something and then feel it affect you physically. And what we found out was... Yeah, if of you, course. But if you go on YouTube and you put in... Um, it's called ASN, ASMR. The, the kids are all over it and it's on Instagram and they're doing all of these... Whispering. Of course they are. Yeah, they're doing like, some people like whispering. That's weird. I know that is weird. That's really weird. And I mean, f- first of all, like. Tickling, hair, hair stuff. Whispering, yeah. like, we you We talked know, about that in the last podcast, didn't we? Like hair. It's irritating. Watching someone having their hair brushed, which I don't like, but I like having my hair brushed. Like yeah. that does the same thing. It makes my head tingle. But that's, again, quite obvious. That's like massage almost. Yeah. Another one I like is footsteps. I like hearing footsteps. So if I'm lying in bed at night and the window's open, I can hear footsteps. Or if I'm in yoga and the teacher's walking around, it makes me tingle. <laughs> as long as they're not in your bedroom. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, <laughs> Who's that walking up and down? Yeah, well, yeah. we way to go there. At least I was tingling. I mean, yeah. My head was tingling. And then, <laughs> dear me. Um, but yeah, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this today was to say like I, and the other time that I relaxed this weekend was Basically about seven o'clock on Sunday night when I'd done absolutely everything, cleaned the house, got ready for you coming back, done the washing, prepped some food for the week, sat down on the sofa. And then again, but I was pretty much like almost half asleep by that Mm. point in time. And what I thought would be quite kind of cool to talk about on the podcast today is why are all of us finding it so much harder to relax? Yeah. Even you, like you're you're better at it than me, but you find it hard to relax. Yeah, still good. There's still work to be done there for sure. And I think one of the factors that's, really changing is that because we are at the we have our own kind of wiring within the body we call it the nervous system and we have different modes where we can be in everybody probably has heard of now fight or flight response mm-hmm. and then we've also got rest digest and reproduce and i think what's kind of happening now and I, I read a really interesting paper where they said there might be a slight gender difference as well where they think women might almost have something called tendon befriend so when women see something that's going on that's stressful or you know difficult for somebody they want to go and help yeah. Which I thought, I don't think it's just gender specific. I think some people are just naturally inclined to want to step in and fix. So they want to do this tend and befriend all the time. And so the problem is now, because we are in touch with everyone, as we were saying on the last podcast, there's always going to be somebody that needs you, somebody, uh, mm-hmm. something to look at, something to read about, some news, something exciting. And, and all of this is a bit addictive. So we get a little bit of a surge of dopamine thinking about doing it. But then suddenly realise that at no part in the day have we switched off mm-hmm. and gone into that fully kind of rest, digest, reproduce mode. Yeah. And a really good measure of it is things like how easy you fall asleep, how, you know, looking at sex hormone function, that that's going to be helpful. Look at your digestive system. All of these things are, these will tend to suffer as a result of even your immune system yeah. if you stay in that mode all the time. 
But again, that mode is, is, is mildly addictive. And I think some people, like personality types, we always talk about watching Russell Kane. And he, he when we went to see him do stand-up recently, he said yeah. him and his wife are complete opposites, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And he said he is the type A. He's the doer, the fixer. His mind's like 100 miles an hour. He can't sleep. Uh, you know, he gets up about 20 times a night for a pee. Like, these are all signs of, of that kind of like, yeah. you're constantly in that, like, I always think it's like fight, flight, fear. Because there's almost a fear of missing out. So you don't switch off and relax because there'll be something that you forget to do yeah. or somewhere you forget to be or or you're going to miss out on something that's going on that's really, I don't know, exciting. Right. <laughs> Sorry, your face. <laughs> well, lost, you, kind, you, you kind of sounded like you were going to continue. Sorry, no. No, no, so I was just saying that uh, I think the more time you're spending in that mode, mm. the harder it is to shift over. And it actually is almost like... Um, retraining you have to retrain your entire nervous system but almost like your entire kind of like cognitive disposition to stop because you can be in that mode all the time mm. and, and and really not think about it and when I fell ill recently so many people came forward and were like do you not think this is stress related and that you're kind of stuck in fight flight fear mode all the mm. time and it's definitely possible but it's why I'm trying to do things like disconnect a little bit more as you can see from this weekend not doing a great job of it in terms of two moments where I relaxed. <laughs> and then, you know, one of which was at 7pm before, <laughs> you know, on Sunday night and then Monday you got to start all over again and I'm back. Yeah. So I was, But I think... I'll go away for longer next time. <laughs> yeah, give me a week. <laughs> like, when you come back, I'll be like a different person. But no, I think I think part of it is is your personality type. You know, some of it's just... And I like a lot of the stuff I'm doing when I'm busy as well. That's the yeah. other thing. It's not always I've got to do those emails and I've got to catch up with like that administration. Some of the stuff I did over the weekend was downright boring and had to do it. And some of the stuff, like going to the library and pottering about going to the farm shop, getting my bones for bone broth and stuff, I enjoy doing. I genuinely mm. am like, I quite enjoy this. You know, like got my radio on in the car and I do feel relaxed at the time, but you're not truly physically relaxed. Yeah. And that's why you have to think about maybe incorporating something that gets you there a little bit, pushes you there, I suppose, a little bit more, which is where things like your yoga, meditation, mm. some deep breathing exercises come in. And for me, fiction reading, definitely. Well, it's, it's hard though, isn't it? Because I suppose the, the, the problem with relaxing and switching off is it's not an action per se. It's a whole combination of things like if you're trying to motivate yourself to say go to the gym that's yep. very much a okay i need to go to the gym and then i'm going to go to the gym and i'm going to lift these weights and and do that whereas going right i'm going to relax now you know it's it just doesn't work like that yeah you know you can't kind of go no, no step process almost yeah. like there's not a warm-up in a exactly. yeah, <laughs> mobility but, but and you, then you, you can't just decide oh it's 7 p.m yeah. time to relax yeah you know because if, cause if your mind's going and it's elsewhere and it's on this that and the other then we all know that that's not necessarily going to happen so it's almost like you need to manage you know what you do in the day or your to-do list or whatever it might be and then be able to have a more rigid line if you will between or maybe like a transition phase where i'll always remember you do this very well learn a lot from me i know paul watson who did some uh, podcast on mindfulness saying that like when he cooks the cooks dinner he'll be like chopping the veggies and he uses that to like 
relax a little bit. That's mm-hmm. almost like a switch off. And I've had a lot of, funny enough, I've had lo- lots more men say this than women. And I don't know if it's because, because I don't find prepping dinner relaxing at all. I'm like, come on, get it done. Yeah. But I've had a lot of men say, I absolutely love cooking. I like chopping my vegetables, getting everything ready, find it really relaxing being in the kitchen. I don't know whether there's a, I don't know. I've just noticed that kind of uh, difference. But that phase, you're still doing something, but you're kind of coming out of like the busy mode. Yeah. And then the next phase is like, you know, you're kind of eating and then you're on the sofa. So by the time you get to the sofa, you've switched off. Yeah. But I think prior to that, the, the main thing that you probably need to do just before doing your cooking or whatever it is that you transition into is you've got to turn off the technology with a view that put something like some, you know, relaxing music on or, you know, maybe, and it shouldn't always be, I love podcasts and learning, but I think there's a little bit of an addiction there for us all, always to be taking that information in. Yeah. And there's a good chance that the podcast you're listening to is going to stimulate you to think more, especially if you're already kind of, you know, <clears throat> a little bit, 100 miles an hour most of the time. Yeah. You, the last thing you need is more information coming in, even though you feel it's relaxing. I definitely think sometimes podcasts take me out of my worries and, and concerns for the day and stresses, but then they stimulate my brain even more. So yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not really relaxing and encouraging myself to come out of that kind of fight flight fear mode but that's why you know i've I've said on the podcast previously like i've almost consciously stopped reading or listening to business slash marketing advertising type books because i just feel like it's just i don't know it's just another stimulant for me, yeah, yeah. which probably isn't the best thing for me to be doing at like 10 o'clock at night oh, when I'm trying to unwind. As, but but for a long time, I did put that pressure on myself. You know, I, I must read these books because that's what successful entrepreneurs do. And then none of us, this me included, none of us actually impl- implement anything that we read in the books. But I just think like, again, <laughs> it's so easy to fall into... I don't know, a pattern based on what you think you should be doing because others are doing it or others have said you should be doing it or whatever else. And again, this comes back to me. Not 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 that it <laughs> doesn't come back to me. It comes back it comes back to that whole being able to make your own decisions and go, no, actually that's not for me. Yeah. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to be successful. That doesn't mean I'm not going to achieve my goals. You know, there's more than one way to peel an apple. Yeah. <laughs> I went with that one because I just... That's good. Well, you know, I just You ever think, peeled an apple where you don't let the core break? You have to do it. I've peeled an apple with my teeth before. You ever done that? That's quite no. good fun. Just get your teeth in, just peel the skin off bit by bit. Um, you're not using it for anything, are you? Because you have to spit it out. No, I eat it. Oh, right. Why are you peeling it then? <laughs> Just for, just for fun. Oh, right. You have the same with peeling a grape. You ever peeled a grape? Yeah, I used to do that. I, I, used, to, I used to do that as like a habit. Yeah, but you eat the skin, right? Yeah. I just thought, you know, the whole skin in a cat expression is a bit... There's a skill involved, isn't it? Sounds there, a bit cruel. Oh, so I that's see. why I went with peeling, peeling an apple. apple. That's nice. <laughs> that's good. Random, but, you know, the there was related. a reason. All good. But, but, yeah, but I just think, you know, being able to make that decision. And so for me now, like, I just love... I love listening to... Just very kind of more hobby based stuff. So with CrossFit being my vibe at the minute, I've been listening to a couple of like CrossFit audio books. And of an evening, you know, Michael Connolly's where it where it's at for me. But do you not know think as well? One of the problems that everyone's also talking about is where is attention spans and all of these different 
disorders related to our ability to focus and concentrate. Mm. And this is really interesting. I had a chat with someone who is incredibly, like one of the most intelligent people I know in terms of evidence-based nutrition. Uh, we were having a long chat about attention span. And this individual was telling me that if they are looking at something that they're not really invested in, yeah. they have the attention span of a gnat. Whereas if they're looking at scientific papers or um, something that they love. And so from a business perspective... How does anybody like, know what the attention span of a gnat is? I don't know, but you kind of use it as a measure of no attention span at all. Where's the science? <laughs> yeah, gnats could be out there. Where's the evidence? Gnats could be out there in the libraries and we didn't even know. <laughs> Got their own gnat libraries. They're like, we study for ages. But just to go back, this individual was saying when it's stuff like that, I just cannot focus. I have attention deficit disorder almost. I'm like all over the place because mm. it's like tax return or some kind of admin that's just just doesn't float my boat at all. And it was really interesting because lots of people have come to me recently, you know, clients have mentioned this, that they're concerned about their attention spans or their children's attention spans. And I think what really is happening to our brains is, again, we changed our environment so much in that things that would have served as ancestrally so like being able to be vigilant and, and kind of taking our surroundings and all of these hormones and brain chemicals that are designed to kind of like motivate us and make us you know talked about this before go and find food and and store food really well as fat and and uh, make sure our blood sugar levels don't go too low and you know dopamine's kind of a big part of this we're now in this environment where it just so works against us it's very rare that our blood sugar levels are too low for a start you, you know so generally food is in abundance and we we now have to fight to not have too much food it's yeah. the complete opposite and i think it's the complete opposite with our brains in that we've now got to really fight almost a little bit to pay attention mm-hmm. to things because there's going to be distraction coming at you all angles all the way across the day and to keep hold or to be able to maintain that focus you've got to train it a little bit more and so if you do need to go and do a task for a, a you know a significant task for a certain period of time, you've got to switch off the windows of distraction and teach yourself to sit there and just nail that one task. Mm. And I think if you don't end up doing that, and mindful hobbies are great because this is when you'll do it naturally, organically, because you're like, if you were to sit there and watch a CrossFit video, you're so invested in that right now, you enjoy it. You know, your phone could beep and you'd probably flip it over. Whereas if you were doing the tax return, your phone would bleep and you'd be like, Okay, I'll take yeah. the phone and I'll read it as I'm opening the fridge. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Because and and I think what we are some people call it attention spread disorder as well, but I think this is also keeping us slightly in this almost like overstimulated nervous system state. So some people say sympathetic nervous system mode, because it's also like busy brain all the time, mm. and that has a knock on effect. You mentioned before, like what you're doing in the day affects your ability to then switch off and relax. Because your brain's like, well, I've had like four or five things going on at the same time today. And now you're expecting me to watch this one program on on TV. No, I can't do that. So before yeah. long, you're reaching for your phone and you're dabbling away on your phone. Yeah. Or you're, you're looking at everything up on Wikipedia that's in the film. It's like you can't just enjoy the film anymore. It's, it's almost like you've got to... It sounds bizarre because you think, you know, on paper, it's a very simple action. Phone down telly on yeah and that's that just watch the screen in front of you or whatever and also stay with the program yeah because people change the program now don't they as in like there's so much choice so we yeah yeah we change the program yeah exactly flicked around even on (laughs) but what i was going to say was is that what once upon a time was something that just happened i.e you finished your working day you got home 
you had your dinner with your family and you just sat in front of the TV or whatever because there was no Wi-Fi or smartphones or whatever. There, there wasn't the option. So back then it was it was easier to do because what else do you do type yeah. thing? Whereas now it's almost like you've, you, you have to consciously do things to help you switch off. And yeah. like for us, it's like sometimes we, we, we put our phones upstairs. Yeah. So they're not there. They're not within arm's reach. Because I found myself here even just during the day when I'm like, right, I'm going to have a break now. I'm going to have some lunch and you're working out of the house. And I'll put on a TV program. I've got my lunch on my lap and my phone's next to me. And I'm kind of eating my lunch, watching a bit of telly. Then without even realising subconsciously, I've got my phone in my hand and I'm just mindlessly scrolling and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm not really taking in the TV programme. Yeah. I'm not even really doing anything on my phone. I'm just mindlessly scrolling. But that's, again, because you've got that kind of addiction to <clears throat> having several stimuli at once. And I think when we talked about sleep, saying, like, everything you do in the day affects your quality of sleep. Yeah. This is one of them, by the way. Like, because it's going to mean that you likely sleep. You have more trouble falling asleep, but you're going to be a lighter sleeper. Yeah. Because your brain's kind of like okay, you know, you're, you're threatened in some way. There could be something happening. Even if you feel relaxed and fall asleep, your sleep is just lighter because of the way that your brain's been overworked and overstimulated yeah, yeah. Or like, you know, during the day. And I think you could consider what you're doing in the day as a way to help you relax a little bit more in the evening. So if you just, we had a bit of a chat this morning about getting more organized with achieve, you know, one task and start to do things like put your emails in a 30 minute window rather than spreading them out across the day mm-hmm. and flipping between whatever you're doing and then an email. I'm, I'm terrible for, I'll be lecturing for a day and I check emails on, on breaks yeah. and I shouldn't do that really. It should be you're lecturing for the day, focus on that. And then tomorrow morning you could do your emails. Yeah. But it's, again, it's kind of, it's that task, taskmaster in me that's like, tick it off, tick it off, yeah. you know, that type of thing. But in doing so, and I think like you just said, if you're if you're kind of watching TV on your phone, those types of things, it's going to mean that it's so much harder to, to come out of that as you get home. And so I think like you've said, the, the first thing is start to challenge your attention span a little bit more, start to challenge yourself to focus on a task for a little bit longer. Yeah. Airplane mode is probably your best friend for that. Um, I work out of home for that very reason. So I work in a library or coffee shop and usually flip my phone over and say, right, I'm going to write this PowerPoint presentation. And, um, you know, some people do the, we've mentioned this before, that, that app that grows a tree. Oh, yeah. Um, What's the name? It's called? I remember what it's you called, have an app yeah. and a little tree grows. And I think these things are becoming increasingly important to us as we are really losing the ability to just, as I've said, just, just kind of our brains are just wanting and expecting more information and, and we saw this really manifest over Christmas when we went to visit family. We went to visit our niece and she has lots of family that live nearby and everyone keeps buying her presents, don't they, all the time. Mm. And she has this huge room now full of presents. It's absolutely insane. Yes, toy shop. And, uh, and she's got like her own cooker, kitchen, shopping supermarket, trolley, checkout, ice cream factory. Like it's heaven. I remember like thinking, thinking God, at her age, she's four, that would have been heaven to me. But it's almost like she's now a little bit overstimulated by it all, isn't it? And when you actually get to sit down with her, she can't sit and play. No. Because there's just too much in the room. Yeah. And so she can play with something for about 20 seconds. And I remember thinking, wow, is this because everyone keeps giving her so much stuff, so much new things? Yeah. That like her her dopamine is like 
out of control and she's like something new now something new now give me something new well like yeah exactly it is just like almost constant distraction like there's just so much excitement there's so much going on that it's like oh you know i can't I can't possibly do this for too long because I've got all this other stuff that needs being played with or, or whatever yeah. else. And there, there definitely is that because, you know, I didn't have that many toys when I was, you know, younger and you kind of, you know, you just make you make do with what you've got, don't you? I think but- another element to it, though, is if you are in that stress state and, you know, even kids now are suffering a little bit more with anxiety and things like that and immune system dysregulation and going to schools and nurseries a little bit earlier is that their serotonin will be a little bit lower. And that is the the brain chemical that will counter dopamine that makes yeah. you want that kind of constant new, need for new stuff, yeah. you know, need for reward. So, and I think you, again, getting stuck in that cycle that your day, you end up making it busier and stressful because you can't concentrate and focus. So you're cramming loads more stuff. Serotonin levels come down a little bit more you're then kind of much more in that sympathetic nervous system state and then mm. you almost can't get out of it um, because that's the cycle that you're now stuck in. You almost start to rely on it for that yeah. feel-good factor yeah, yeah, because yeah. your serotonin levels are so low. And you start to notice things like physical contact. Don't This kind of pattern I noticed is that physical contact, you don't want it when you're in that fight-flight fear mode. Yeah, you almost yeah. reject it and push people away and... And you can actually see that in children sometimes when they're very stressed. They're like, they want to hug. And then sometimes, you know, they do. But It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can almost, uh, you can become a different person, can't you, when you're in those kind of situations? Yeah, I think it, I think it transforms your personality in, in so many ways. And if you're not being relaxed, then that energy that you have about you is going to affect the person that you're with. And yeah. so it probably creates a little bit of conflict in that sense. Like yeah, we were yeah. just talking about, it's very hard for one of us to relax if the other one isn't relaxing. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, which is why, you know, I do think that it is important to kind of have your time apart and time to yourself. And, you know, because I kept saying to you, didn't I? I was like, you know, like make the most of this weekend because I'm not there. Hamish has come with me so you can go to the gym, do all the things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be able to do had I left Hamish with you. You know, take advantage of it. But going back to what I think you was about to say earlier was that you then will almost mount this pressure on yourself to, I need to make the very most of this few days on my own. Like, how can I make it as relaxing and amazing as possible? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you give yourself all these different options. And in a way that almost becomes stressful. Like we, we've had it before where we were like, like, right, Sunday, we're not doing any work. We're just going to about you and me and we're going to switch off and relax. But rather than, you know, going, do you know what? Let's just go for a nice big walk and just chill in front of the TV with a good film and a, and a roast, which is, to be fair, what we'd both probably rather be doing anyway. We almost put this pressure on ourselves to be like, no, let's do something. Let's go somewhere. Where could we go? What could we do? And then we spend so much time trying to figure out what to do. And yeah, we just get exasperated with it. Yeah, we get wound up with it. And then we end up just doing what we probably should have just done in the first place, which is just go and veg. Yeah. Because, you know, like it's, you know, we need it and we enjoy doing nothing sometimes. I think you've also got to be careful of a lot of people rely on something to aid their movement into the relaxed zone so for most people it's going to be like alcohol some people smoke some people yeah and (laughs) we had an interesting time before christmas didn't we where a friend of ours uh, someone who i uh, 
-hmm. very naturopathic and I really, really trust said, have you tried CBD oil? And I said, yeah, I've tried it. I got, I've got, I've bought a really good brand. And if I'm honest, the thing with CBD oil is basically, well, it's over-marketed for everything now. God, there isn't anything that it isn't mm, in. Yeah. Um, and what I would say is there are different types, different qualities, and and you've got to really know who you're buying from, you know, if, if you want to kind of go and experiment. But we both tried one and both said it didn't really make any difference, did it, in terms no. of for, for us. And I'd say the same thing for you can actually use various different herbs, which can just kind of alter your nervous system. They're called adaptogens. We've mentioned them before, and they can actually start to help in terms of just balancing you out a little bit. Yeah. Again, I wouldn't say I've had, because um, every time I have gone to check in with like a herbalist or a nutritional therapist, I've never really had that much success with what they've suggested, because I just think for me, the, the kind of conditioning and the environmental impact is always bigger for me mm -hmm. than anything a herb can can achieve an herb <laughs> but what was really interesting was um so a friend of ours who we trust said try and this was also because i've been struggling with the gastritis try the cbd oil with a little bit of thc which is more of the active compound but you can get it in very small doses can't you so yeah. uh, and this has been used by people who have autoimmune conditions multiple sclerosis cancer these types of things and um they vaped it so they said have you tried vaping it and I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, have I? No. Uh, so, so I got you to be there with me. Very so You were like my elder in yeah. this ceremony of me trying something yeah. <laughs> like for the first just, time. Just take a little puff. <laughs> yeah. And so we tried it, didn't we? Whilst holding your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they said, you you. it's never enough to even feel like you've had anything, mm. but it should ideally make you feel a little bit relaxed, sleep better, and the next morning most people talk about having a bit more of a kind of bit more clarity a bit more of a creative brain yeah. and I was like oh okay so I tried it with you didn't I and yeah I was like I kind of feel relaxed but then it was a Friday night and I do tend to be a bit better on a Friday night yeah, anyway yeah. I tend to be like right it's Friday night I can relax now so then it didn't really have that much of an effect did it so someone else um again another uh, practitioner said have you tried it in a tea and you can get the oil and just drop it into a tea with a little bit of the THC in and that was a different story wasn't it Yes, <laughs> it certainly was. So we made this tea after our dinner and uh, I think I made something like a chamomile tea and just put a drop in and I had a, a sip and it actually did smell stronger as well, didn't it? You noticed that. Yeah. You could smell it a little bit more. And uh, I thought it's kind of made me a little bit more relaxed maybe, but I don't feel like it's done anything. And I made a tea for you and I was like, I'm going to have a swig of yours because I just don't know that it's done anything to me. Maybe I'm just so hardwired to, you know, yeah. <laughs> to be in this mode. So I tried a sip of your tea. And both on both occasions, with both the vaping and the tea, you've said on, on with both, like, oh, I find it, it does help me sleep, definitely, didn't you? you yeah, you yeah. I mean, I don't know how much if it was, um, what's it? Placebo. Placebo, but yeah, I, I, I felt like I was a bit more relaxed and sleepy. Which, to be fair, I'm not sure that's even possible. You could fall asleep. You fall asleep mid-conversation when we've got guests around after dinner. I do. <laughs> And that's no reflection on, on, <laughs> on the them. company. Just yeah, when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm going, I'm going. When your mouth falls open, <laughs> I'm like, we need to we need to go. <laughs> so uh, so what happened? So, <laughs> so first of all, I have to clarify that before taking the tea, I was getting a sore throat that day. So it's not related to the tea at all. But I was starting to get a sore throat and get a little bit of, um, I don't know if it was like a bit of tonsillitis. I've been into London and you always got Londonitis, basically. And uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, so fell asleep very easily, woke up in the middle of the night 
and went to get up and the entire room started spinning. And then I went to speak and my voice had completely gone. So basically I went into absolute panic that I was going through. You were dying. (laughs) I didn't say that. I said. Well, you you said I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm, uh, I can't breathe. (laughs) You know, normally when you can't breathe, you're going to die. Yeah. It's inevitable. So I went and got you up, didn't I, and said, I know. something's happening. Everything was just spinning. I which- was just a little bit confused at first. Like, Kevish just appeared in my bedroom. <laughs> just like, man. But because, it, do you know what threw me? They had no voice. My, my, my throat's closing up. <laughs> so I need an ambulance. I did, basically. Honestly, like, I think my brain just went into panic that the room is spinning. I don't know what's going on. And I've lost my voice. And it felt... I actually had just got laryngitis, but it felt, I just convinced myself my voice was, like my throat was closing up. I had to go a bit military on you, didn't I? Oh, yeah. Keris, compose yourself. (laughs) Look at me. Look into my eyes. So I basically got you you to come back. I went, come into my bedroom. And then I went, now call an ambulance. And then you said, are you going to explain to them what you've been doing? I'd be like, well, I got this tea off a friend. Oh, yeah, the tea. Yeah, all I did was drink a cup of tea. But all I, I convinced myself that if I fell asleep, I would stop breathing. Literally, didn't I? And I said yeah. that to you. I was like, if I fall asleep, I will never breathe again. And then you were like, you're not making any sense. Because you're still half asleep as yeah, well. Yeah, but also as well, like, you know, when you when you talk, in order to talk, like... It was breathing. You're, you, you, There's breath involved, right? Yeah, I know. So but I, was, like, I had no voice at the same time. I can't so. breathe, but you're talking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. So you're breathing. <laughs> And then I would, I got you to stay with me. And then basically you were stroking me and I would kind of drift off to sleep. And then it would just come back to me. It was so weird, wasn't it? And I'd be like, <gasps> I can't breathe. I'm dying. Call ambulance. Yeah. I mean, you laugh now. Oh but no. Yeah. You weren't was, laughing at the time. I was borderline panic attack induced no, you were, by. You were, you, were, you were just panicking, you know, it was. Induced by, I would say like, whatever, it, I think it was the unusual experience followed by the the laryngitis was making me... It was like, a, I couldn't make sense of laryngitis. The you were like, you've got a sore throat, that's it. You're, you're a bit of a warrior anyway. So, because <laughs> you would add this like magic tea, <laughs> I think that it was in your subconscious that you had like had this stuff. Um, that was, that's my first... You, you, you were putting two and two together like, oh, I've had this stuff, now my throat's going all funny, yeah, yeah. bloody da. And I mean, I could tell what was going on. You know, so, well, I was right, obviously. You seasoned drug user, you. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I, the, no, I, mean the, I, I could tell that you were just having like a bit of a, essentially a panic attack yeah, is, yeah. is, is, what, oh, yeah, yeah, is what you were having. And, you know, I, I was just like, you know, like, look, look, into, look at me, look into bre- my eyes, breathe, my eyes. breathe with me. And I was getting you to like breathe with me, wasn't I? Just to yeah. like calm your breathing. And then you'd be like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, whew, yeah, calm, calm. And then, like you say, and then you just kind of like sit up, like <gasps> I can't breathe. An ambulance. And I was like, oh wow, okay, that is what I did. Go again, breathe, breathe, breathe. Nice deep breath. That was actually my first mild, and it is a tiny amount. And the, the, I'd say the only thing I got was the room was spinning, which someone did say mm-hmm. can spin if you're not used to it. Of, of that's my first recreational drug. No, it's not even a recreational drug, but because I never smoked, I've never even inhaled tobacco or anything, and. What's quite interesting is when you look at tribes when they do this, they always do it under the guidance of an elder to walk you through the experience yeah. in case it's a negative one. And it, you remember the first time, I don't know, 
Can you remember the first time you ever drank alcohol with your friends? What yeah. you did? I literally drank everything. And oh, then, no, I didn't. Oh, God, I absolutely, like, threw my guts up and woke up in the toilet the next day and was like, oh, I'll, gosh, never do no. that. I'll never do that again. <laughs> no, I said, like, there was no off switch for me. I didn't understand. <laughs> Whereas I had a friend who was always given a little bit of alcohol with meal times and things, and she was like, what are you doing? Like, you, you, you really don't want to do this. And I was like, yeah, I do. I want to get really drunk. That was it. To be fair, because it was like my first, I suppose, <laughs> exposure to alcohol. It didn't really take long to get me drunk right. do you know what I mean you didn't throw up and end up no 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 I just had like I think I was pretty hammered after a few pints <laughs> but I think you know like they, they say that all this the alcohol and the tobacco and the any of these hallucinogenics and recreational drugs the idea behind it all all is that it taps into it allows you to kind of come out of I wouldn't say fight or flight, but it just kind of makes you, takes you into like creative mode, allows you to see things that you can't see when you're kind of in your daily, you know, using different areas of your brain in, in the day when you're doing your normal mm. kind of routine mundane stuff. And all tribes use it for that very reason. You know, they would all smoke tobacco or have yeah. alcohol for that reason. But the elders would always guide the younger people through that process. And it was never for, to wind down. It was part of their kind of recreational activities. It was like, we're going to do this now. It's going to be really fun. There'll be all of us there. And it, it's just interesting because you think that for me, it was like, God, this is why we need that experience. If I hadn't had, I, if I hadn't had you there, I wouldn't have done it anyway, to be fair. Yeah. But Blimey. I wouldn't have known a single thing that was going on. Do you know what I mean? I'd completely, and, and it was the smallest amount as well. And it's so interesting because I think people it's, are out there looking for ways to to switch off, you mm-hmm. know, through alcohol, through drugs, through, through you know, marijuana, whatever it might be. And I think what's kind of struck me is that, like, for me, definitely, there is no quick route. And I keep hitting it hard, like I did when I was a teenager. Like, And even, to be fair, when when I was drinking alcohol, I haven't drunk since the summer, but I I was probably always the first one to finish a glass of wine because I was a bit like, I almost can't slow down, even at that point. And I'd drink the wine really quick, and then it would relax me, and then I would slow down, and I would drink the second one slower. But it's almost like... And it was the same with the, I shouldn't have probably swigged your tea. That was probably too much. But I was a bit like, come on, just work. Like, Yeah, it's like, yeah, you kind of like put that pressure on this thing that you're trying. Yeah. And you really work. want it to do the job. And, you know, which is understandable to a, to a degree. But I, I think I, I agree with what you're saying in that I think we, it kind of goes back to that classic, like looking for an easy win, an easy fix. Yeah, oh, you know, put a drop of this in my tea and everything will be fine. Yeah, or, yeah. and I can and, switch off. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same with weight loss. Like, oh, if I drink this skinny coffee, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll lose weight and have yeah. the body of my dreams or or supplements in the, you know, when it comes to training. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that spend a small fortune on supplements, yeah. yet don't really train in a way to justify yeah, such yeah. supplementation. But again, it, it's, it creates buy-in, yeah, doesn't definitely. it? And I think you've got to do what my, I took away from that experience and, and reframing all of this now as my little health adventure is like, I've got to, you've got to do the groundwork essentially. Yeah. And I have to keep revisiting, like, why do I keep busy? Like, what, what, what do I find comforting about being busy? And, and why do I keep going there? And I think a lot of it is, is kind of distraction and status. Yeah. Some of it, like I said, it's slightly addictive. It's in my nature. But I think, yeah, like you is. said, getting those those habits and hobbies in place. The one thing that, that absolutely transforms me, and I know I've mentioned it several times on the podcast, is doing a bit of breath work. Like yeah. it, it's just incredible. And I started to, this week, 
And when you were away, I did this actually as well. Come down and have a cup of tea. And I actually found putting some music on helped me do this. Mm-hmm. It's almost like my trigger. So I put some music on, which I wouldn't normally do if you're here because you might not want to listen to what I'm listening I to. I wish your tribe. <laughs> and it is the music I use for yoga or it's classical music. Wham. And just, oh, no, no, it's, it's, it's more like, you know, kind of, you know, mood. I don't know what you'd call it really, but anyway, uplifting uh, yeah. music. And just doing some deep breathing. Mm-hmm. And also... We um, got some candles and stuff for Christmas. We mentioned that before. Yeah. So things like lighting candles, scented candles. And we got some flowers just before you went away. And the smell was really powerful in the, yeah. in the lounge. So I would sit by the flowers and just smell the flowers and just lean against the wall and just breathe and do some deep breathing. And then what I was doing was kind of, again, observing the thoughts that were coming in. And yeah. there's a lot of like, oh, you should do this. You haven't done that. Make sure you do that today. Yeah, yeah. And I was kind of knocking them out and going like, just, just keep breathing and you can feel so many elements of your your entire physiology and your kind of emotional health just feel so much better. And even just doing a bit of a reassurance. Some people do affirmations, but I quite like a reassurance to myself. Today is going to be okay. Yeah. And you're, you're not in control and some things are going to happen and you're just going to accept that they happen and and you're going to deal with them. Like, like a little bit of reassurance to myself. And I found doing that and then kind of doing a similar thing at night when I'm in bed and, and before I go to sleep is really beneficial. And then obviously when I got back from the library, I've now got back into a couple of fiction books. So I'm uh, genuinely kind of realising that there's just no shortcuts with this. Again, it's that classic case of stepping back for a moment and going like, right, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so stressed and worked up and feel the need to kind of always be doing, you know, and as a result, this is affecting the quality of my sleep and that's carrying over to the next day, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you've got to look at the the things that you can do in your day-to-day before you start looking for something to put in your tea or a pill to take or whatever else. Um, I mean, I remember way back in the day when I was kind of very much in the thick of it with my personal training career. You know, I was packed out with clients. It was everything I wanted it to be. You know, I had a full diary, fantastic on paper and uh, and, and financially, but from a health perspective, it was killing me because I was in the, literally in a basement all day long. And as a result, caffeine, sugar, all these stimulants just to kind of keep me alert and and energized so I could be, you know, this happy, positive, motivating person for my clients. And surprise, surprise, like I'd go to bed, like absolutely like amped up on, you know, adrenaline, sugar, caffeine, everything you could, you could imagine. And I couldn't sleep. But then, of course, your alarm goes off the next day at like 4.30 and you've got to do it all again. And what do you do? You reach for more sugar, more caffeine. And again, guess what? The next night you don't sleep again. But at the time, you know, I didn't have the knowledge that I have now. It was just very much like, a hold on a minute, I can't sleep. One of my friends at the gym worked for a pharmaceutical company and actually got me some pretty potent uh, sleeping pills. But they, I mean, they said to me, like, you know, like, I'm only going to give you a short term dose here because these can be A, addictive and B, you know, like, yeah, could cause you all sorts of problems if if that happens. So I was like, yeah, yeah cool. So anyway, I took these tablets thinking, oh, you know, hallelujah. And, and don't get me wrong, these conked me out like good and proper. Only problem was the next day I, I, I couldn't wake up. Like I, I did wake up. 
but I was completely like monged out <laughs> like for the first half of the yeah, day. Yeah. Like I just, I had absolutely. <laughs> Your one. Yeah. Like, and I hated it. And really? I was like, <laughs> on the one hand I got sleep, yeah, yeah. but I actually feel worse the following morning yeah, yeah. than I did when I wasn't getting sleep. So I decided to knock them on the head because I was like, well, it's almost like be careful what you wish for type type yeah. thing. But over time, you know, I realised that I needed to reduce my caffeine intake, reduce my sugar intake, and just try my best to step out of the basement yeah, at some point and actually some and actually see some daylight and, sure. and and fresh air. But of course, you know, this it took me a while to to realise that, and I managed to I managed to get on top of it all. I think I think what's quite important to, to emphasize here to anyone else that's kind of identifying with some of the things we're talking about is like you probably need to focus on on the smaller micro changes that that would all accumulate to make quite a big difference to your ability to wind down. And I think like a really simple one is the dialogue that you're having in your brain mm-hmm. and, and with yourself is a big one. Because when I mentioned like what you're doing across the day is putting yourself in fight, flight, fear, or tend and befriend. So if you are responsible for a lot of people in your life, do you remember when we did the sleep podcast and we had the sleep heat map? One of the factors on the sleep heat map, if you just put that into Google, there's a website called Sleepability and it shows you the sleep heat map. But one of the factors is caring for others. Yeah. Because you will spend a lot of your day thinking about them and that will impair your own ability to do self-care and relaxation. So if you're a parent to chill you know, with kids, if you are looking after parents, older parents, we know lots of people in that position, siblings, partners, if you're a teacher, if you are, you know, in the, in the health service, care worker of any sort, you're always going to spend a lot of your day in that kind of tender befriend, which often leads to kind of self-neglect. And it's very hard to come out of that. Yeah, It can be like a big part of your personality at the end of the day. And so I think the dialogue really helps to almost identify, okay, now I'm being, I'm worrying about everything and everyone and and I don't really know what's going to happen. You think you do yeah. and your worries come into your head, but you can start to, you know, as I've said, just go to that kind of like reassurance, affirmations, those type of thing. Acceptance is another, acceptance meditation is very helpful for that or surrender meditation, sorry, to really start to give up trying to to micromanage everybody. Yeah, I know I definitely have I've had some really emotional conversations with the people that I'm worried about and said, like, seriously, you've just got to start doing this, you know, and, and that's really helped me just get it off my chest. Yeah. And if they don't do follow my advice, I did my best job. And yeah. even that's come back to me and like, I did my best job. Do you know what I mean? And that's allowed me to relax a little bit more. Um, really? <laughs> it has, it has. I wouldn't have done this weekend how I'd done this weekend had I not had some key conversations with some people yeah. I really care about. And some of them I had to write them because I couldn't say it um, because there was that much kind of conflict and defensiveness. So I wrote, uh, someone had asked me for some help about some health and I wrote the, the answer. I emailed it because I was like, we cannot talk about this because I'm a bit tired of the the back and forth. And so I think what most people underestimate is how much those kind of small changes make a difference carry in a fiction book with you in the day so that yeah. if you do have five minutes in a queue rather than get your phone out get your book out if you're in a coffee yeah. shop waiting for someone get a fiction book out read a magazine if you are um when you're cooking put some classical music on like do these tiny little things across the day it's like we've said about exercise everyone thinks it needs to be an hour of this or this many sets or reps yeah and you're missing the chance to just do 10 press-ups three times a day which does make a difference yeah and you know 
walk a little bit more, which does make a difference. You know, speaking of exercise, and this is, I'm kind of coming at this from a different angle here because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping some people will relate to this somewhat. So I listened to a, a book recently by a female CrossFit athlete, uh, Katrin David's daughter, Icelandic lady who I didn't... Oh, I thought that was... A, yeah, oh, I remember you telling me this. David's yeah. daughter is... Because she is David's daughter. Yeah, but it's pronounced... I'm not pronouncing it right. It's Dave, Dave's it, daughter. Dave's daughter. It's uh, <laughs> David's daughter. Like, it's D-O-T-T-I-R, I think. Right, okay. Yeah, but remember, it means, yeah, like, yeah. it's she is David's daughter. Yeah. And, and that's why a I lot thought, of... I thought your CrossFit family was now so close that you were like, Catherine, yeah. David's daughter. Yeah, me and, and Dave. Like, yeah, I'm like, like, who's David's? Um, well, it's, it's funny, like, but you know, when it, when you know, it seems so obvious. Like, that's why a lot of these, like, um, you know, like some of the Icelandic guys are called, like, uh, their name ends in son, like Goodman's son. And then it's like, because it's Goodman's son. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you just think it's a trend of name. Yeah, you yeah, know, but like, it's not. Oh, I never, thought, yeah. I never thought reflected no. on that. No, well, now you know. Yeah. But uh, what she was speaking about was... Well, it'd be good if you had the name Goodman's son, wouldn't it? Yeah. It came from a good man. Yeah. <laughs> um, can I finish my yeah sorry court instalment yeah cheers <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was saying that you know in, in when she's training you know and obviously CrossFit is training like really hard and these are elite CrossFitters so it's like take your normal CrossFitter and then quadruple it yeah. you know in terms of like Super training human. volume and, and whatnot. you know for them it's their, it's their, it's their career yeah. so anyway so what she kept talking about was these days where she just pushes herself to this point where she just gets home and she's just so physically and mentally exhausted. Like she has no choice but to sleep because it's the only option. But she was saying that she loved that feeling of knowing that she had given everything. Yeah, yeah. So she gets home and she doesn't need any convincing that it's time to sleep because yeah. it's like, I have to. Yeah. There's no choice. And on the one hand, I was like, I can totally relate to that because yeah, yeah. I was at a CrossFit works, well, a training weekend just gone. That's where I was. And both days, you know, both mentally and physically challenging. And as I got to the end of the day and I was, I was like that. I was like, just give me a meal and then my bed. Yeah, that, yeah. That's all I don't okay. care about. I don't care about social media. I don't care about email, nothing. Like I just, but then at the same time, I thought this could potentially be, a slippery slope because I know a lot of people that use we, we all use exercise for so much more than weight loss or to build bigger muscles there is that whole other element of pushing ourselves stepping out of our comfort zone you know find, finding almost finding comfort in discomfort yeah, yeah and you know for a lot of people I know it's um it is a way of helping them sleep because it's like I'll exhaust myself then I'll be able to sleep yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what it is it is that kind of taskmaster mentality it's like earning the right to relax and sleep exactly because you tick I've just talked about ticking off tasks like work related yeah. but I think people do the same with training we've been there yeah, yeah you know I'll have to do x y and z before I can possibly even contemplate doing that what's and interesting just just you've influenced me on this at the moment is when I'm at the gym I'm trying to go to almost like 70 sometimes 60 percent mm. And I've got you in my head going, you don't need to, I, I can't push it at the moment with, you know, I'm kind of still in symptom management, but the mentality behind training is always feel it, like feel like you got yeah. to a point of like real challenge and toughness and yeah. that last rep and stuff. But actually I've kind of got you in my head going, just 
feel like you've worked, you know, like yeah. feel like the last rep was, was, was harder than the first rep, <laughs> but also yeah. the last rep, I'm not failing, but it's, it's really hard, but, it's tough. but I'm stopping before I end up yeah. failing. You're going the other way now. You're like, <laughs> you're going like a beast mode. <laughs> no, I know, but, but that's the thing. Like I'm not, like I, I am pushing myself, but at the same time. Keeping something back. I'm always keeping something back because I want to go again the next day. Right, yeah, yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's really important that, you know, like we, at this weekend, you know, a big part of some of the drills we were doing was about pacing. Yeah. Rather than just going full out, yeah. you know, from the off. Because that's all well and good. But then when you get round to the next round, and you're not even anywhere near close the pace you were doing on your first, yeah, yeah. then, you know, it wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? You, you could go on the one hand, yeah, but I'm exhausted. I've yeah, literally yeah. worked to like complete failure. And it's like, yeah, but you've actually sold yourself short as, as a result. That's a great point because I think that's what everyone needs to start doing with life. Pacing. Because I was thinking this weekend, I've only just done lifing like all weekend, bits and bobs, but it all adds up. But it was very easy to get carried away with how much lifing you wanted to put, pack into a day and then yeah. and then have no downtime. One of the things I started doing was like shoving things into the next day, a bit like, you know, bullet journaling, which yeah. our friend Sharon taught is like, if you don't achieve it, shove it into the next day or yeah. two days on. And I think you you need to start pacing life a little bit more. No, you really do. You really do. Because, and, and, and this, you know, it probably sounds like a really cheesy analogy, but pacing is a big part of like CrossFit which I've learned like the hard way yeah because sometimes even when you think you're pacing you're not yeah, yeah. and then you, you you plant that you hold on to it and you're like ah okay I thought I was pacing but I was still actually going a bit too hard yeah so next time I know what you need to, to do. just hold a little yeah. bit further a little bit back yeah but that's all part of it right you've got yeah. to learn from these things and, and and it is the same like you say with life like if you are going 100 mile an hour all the time well, it's like you, runners have a pacemaker it's like we need we need life pacemakers to come in and go come on put that down now yeah maybe that's what we need to get our, our partners to be or family or yeah. you know like children or anything just like have a list on the fridge and go this is what we're going to achieve today and do and then then we're we're paced at that yeah. point, and then someone yeah. comes in and blocks you from. Well, even um, the the guys and girls that were there this weekend, of the as, as in the coaching staff, were like top level CrossFitters, yeah. and they all said they were like, "You can't go full full, full throttle all the time because yeah. you'll either you'll get ill or you'll get injured or both." And they would they gave an example of one guy. They didn't mention any names who just said they just go hell for leather all the time. And almost like clockwork, every six weeks, they're either flawed with illness or an injury. And then they recover and then they do it all again because they, they, they just, they don't know how to kind of pace themselves and yet yeah, fit, strong, but how long for? It's almost like if you think about it, that your mobile phone and the internet and social media are like the crowds mm-hmm. cheering you on in a race. And then you've got to listen, you've got to kind of ignore that like innate reaction to accelerate as a result of the everyone cheering you and yeah. then just listen to the pacemaker and go, no, I need to reschedule, reschedule. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And the only way you're going to do that is to quieten the crowds down, Yeah, which, which is about of, disconnecting sometimes, isn't it? Well, to be fair, that just brings me nicely onto what I was going to say, Keris. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say, I think, you know, the whole idea of this podcast was like why we might struggle to relax yeah. and switch off. And I think a massive influencer of this is, again, that comparison, you know, comparing ourselves to other people, what other people are doing, 
you know, and again, social media, I love social media, but it can have a negative impact because if, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of what your goals are, chances are you're following people on Instagram that have some kind of impact or influence or social media in general, yeah, have some kind of impact or influence on you. And if you've decided, you know, after working your ass off all week or whatever it may be, that you're like, you know, I'm just gonna have a chilled night tonight doing that all. And then you go, happen to go onto Instagram and see someone else who maybe is in the same industry as you or doing something that you want to do. They're not relaxing, they're working or they're somewhere networking, socializing, working on this project or whatever. All of a sudden, you're night of relaxation doesn't seem like a good idea anymore it seems like you're taking it easy it seems like you're being lazy and you feel an obligation to to be doing but deep down you don't want to be yeah and as a result you don't actually get anything done yeah but you certainly don't relax so you've not really achieved one or the other yeah, you've not, been not benefited from the, the yeah what you should have got the reboot and anything like that you can't truly have it because you didn't yeah you didn't fully invest in it and put your feet both feet in exactly yeah exactly and i think like one foot out dangling on your phone (laughs) (laughs) one foot in that's why (laughs) like like you said you know being able to disconnect but quite literally yeah you know be it switch your phone off put it on airplane mode whatever put it in another room and have your night off it's okay train that focus to stay on one one program one book one thing well to to be fair like because what I was going to say, and, and this is a recent thing, I must admit, but so far so good. I want our living room to be a haven of calm and relaxation. So I said to Keris, no more laptops in the living room now, because this isn't this isn't where we work. This is where we chill. We watch telly or we read a book or we chat. And that's why now with an evening, we light the candles, we get the nice little twinkly fairy lights on, <laughs> which you know. Is- which is your idea. It was my idea. And and I love it. I genuinely love it. You know, like as soon as like, you know, nighttime comes and they're all on and it's like, okay, this is a lovely, calming, relaxing room. It's a nice place to be. The last thing we want now is two laptop screens like glaring yeah, and, yeah. and whatever. So now I set up, kind of set up my workstation in the dining room now at the, at the kitchen table, no TV. And A, I'm so much more productive from a work perspective, but... When it comes to disconnecting, I'm like laptops in the other room, phones in the other room, the the, the candles are running here, you know, and let's watch TV or, or whatever. It's about making those conscious efforts, you know, and, and like and I said. And even if it's just you do it as well, because there's an element to which some people like when you're on your own, you don't make that investment in yourself. No. But it's actually a step towards self-care and actually your brain yeah. going, this is just me taking a minute for myself. I'm going to light that candle or I'm going to, you know, like you just said, put some fairy lights on, change the lighting environment, or I'm going to cook myself a nice meal. Like it's just, I have so many clients who say I don't cook or I don't make nice food when it's just me, Hmm. which is, you know, you all, you've always done that. You've always gone, oh my God, I'm going to make myself a spag ball or, you know, like I'm going to, you know, maybe a food I wouldn't, a meal I wouldn't normally eat, but you still will always cook yourself a really nice meal when it's, when it's just you. And it's it's the great example that, you know, many people don't follow. But I think, I mean, to summarise everything that we've we've kind of talked about, it's there are, there are several reasons why we can't relax. And I think if you identify the fact that none of that's going to change. No. So we need to start putting like habits and routines in place, but also 
don't overthink it. It is a case of, you know, doing things like training your focus across the day. Think about the small micro changes you could make to, again, just kind of switch off, relax, read, do something mindful, do some breathing. Think think of what's triggering you as well. Like, you know, if you are finding that going on social media in the morning, because again, you might enjoy going on social media in the morning. So therefore... I don't wish to take that away from you. But if you find it triggers you, like it used to me, and when I say social media, I'm kind of including email in that bracket as well. You know, why was I straight on social media and email first thing in the morning when I was in no mood to be responding to emails yeah, yeah. Or, or or whatever? And as a result, now I don't touch it and I read my book. And, and if I can get into that habit, trust me, and anyone, anyone can. can. Yeah, yeah. And I think also just remind yourself that this will hit any goal that you have. So if you're looking to improve something like your memory and concentration, it will make a big difference. If you want better sleep, it will make a big difference. If you want better sex hormone health, it will make a big difference. If you want to lose weight, it will make a big difference. On every single level, no matter what your health goal right now, you know, training performance, if you start to... You know, tr- you know, basically relax a little bit more and, and find out why you can't and work on those different elements and, and start to get that balance back, you're going to see improvements in every single area, you know, of your kind of mental and physical health. So when you're not doing it, that's how I always motivate mm. myself. I'm like, I can't keep complaining about X when I'm not doing this. Yeah. And this has to come yeah, first. And one thing I'm proud of myself is when, when you're away, I was in bed 8.30, three nights running. Amazing. And uh, well, Why have I got an angle to go to bed when I'm here? <laughs> I don't know. Blimey. And, and I was, I did a few little bits and bobs on my phone, admittedly, because one one night I was... Yeah, but sometimes, like, you know, like, you know, let's come on. I'll be honest, you know. But then so, I read for, for 40 minutes. You know, I, sometimes I'll, I'll be watching something on YouTube in bed, which kind of goes against the whole, like, <gasps> screen time. But, you know, I've got my screen dimmed and I wear my blue blocking glasses and it happens to be something that I genuinely am enjoying watching. So it's not like it's stressing me or anything. Yeah, yeah. I think it, that's... But you're you're good with that. I think a lot of people almost can't be trusted and I, I can't be trusted. I was literally just telling mm. my mum and dad I was home safe or you are saying to you, like, I'm in bed now, blah, blah, blah. Final little bits and bobs, but I think... You, you know if you can't be trusted to take that piece of technology into the mm. bedroom and start. Yeah, of course. You know, it could be like shopping or WhatsApping or whatever it might be. Like, And it is the worst time to start WhatsApping because everyone replies at that time of night. Yeah, so I've said yeah, this to you before. That's the, yeah, the danger of sending a message. <laughs> you get one back. Someone will reply. They'll know you're online. But the reality is, guys, you, you have to, just like you schedule in your training, you schedule in your lunch break, sleeping, all of these things, you need to schedule in a bit of downtime, a bit of relaxation. And if you are someone who struggles to switch off, maybe start small. Just say to yourself, you know, I'm going to invest 15 minutes in chilling with a with a book, with an audio book, with a podcast, or even just leaving your phone at home or in the office and going for a little walk and just being alone with you and your thoughts and nothing else or go for a walk with a friend, anything. Schedule it into your day. I'm just going to wrap up by saying uh, I'm listening to a book at the minute called uh, The 12-Week Year, which isn't what it implies in the, you know, you could only work for 12 weeks of the year. Wouldn't that be Wouldn't nice? Be nice. Um, any problems, but it's about kind of like breaking 12 months down into smaller 12-week chunks and then breaking those 12 weeks down into smaller chunks still if that makes sense yeah but a big thing that they were focusing on in the book is that you know you need to allocate time to your 
your big, juicy, meaty tasks, you know, your bread and butter tasks of the day. Then you allocate time to your smaller tasks, which might be responding to email, social media messages, etc., etc. But scheduling in time for you, not work, not the business, not anybody else, unless you want them to be. <laughs> and the important point they made, you, you told me this morning, was that, that that should be in daytime as well. It doesn't have to be five o'clock in the morning or seven o'clock. Yeah, it doesn't have night. to be like way outside of your, so that your, like, your working longer, hours. Like- but bear in mind, this book is aimed at people that probably run their own businesses right, and, yeah. and things like that. But there's no reason why, you know, if you are employed or whatever it may be, you can't take that away and actually, you know, this what we keep saying though, like factor in time for yourself. Ten minute movement breaks. Ten minute. Yeah. I said to someone the other day, when you're on the loo, just hang out there for a little bit longer. Like yeah. literally, just stay in that toilet cubicle for a little bit longer. I know it's not the nicest place to be mindful, yeah. but especially, sometimes, in- especially if you've done number two, <laughs> or someone else has done number yeah. two, that's even you, worse. You, you might be keen to get back. But sometimes that is. I know whenever I've gone and visited friends with kids and we've had really busy mornings and I'll pop to learn, I'll be like, oh, it's quiet in here, I'll stay in here. <laughs> and friends with, my friends with children are like, you have no choice, they just barge in anyway sometimes. Yeah. But I think it, sometimes that might be the only, but that five minutes counts. Yeah, You can do some deep breathing and it'll really help your bowels move better as well. <laughs> well, well, as part of our uh, Fit of 12 Days of Christmas uh, this year, the 12th day of Christmas kind of took everyone by surprise because we asked in the group, we were like, oh, what, what does everybody think the last day is going to be? And uh, everyone was all like, oh, it's got to be something it horrendous. <laughs> it's got to be burpees and whatever. But it was actually 12 minutes of you time. Yeah, You know, just take 12 minutes out, grab a coffee, chill with a book, breathe lay on the floor and do nothing at all for 12 minutes and it doesn't sound like a lot but trust me if you're not doing it at all it's 12 minutes longer than you were doing previously so there it is guys i hope that's helped in some shape or form sure i like to think you know people relate to at least something that we say (laughs) don't don't buy magic tea might be their only takeaway there you go (laughs) if you've learned one thing yeah, yeah it's that but as always guys any questions whatsoever reach out info at fitfood.com catch us on social meets just don't expect a response first thing in the morning because I'll be busy reading my Michael Connolly book <laughs> <laughs> I'll be breathing yeah just actually still be in bed um, but we will see you over in episode 141 see ya Bye.